Welcome to Drone Business Talk, the show where we discuss the business of unmanned aviation. Find out about the latest drone applications and trends as we talk to drone company CEOs, business owners, pilots, and thought leaders to reveal the status of the drone industry. Here is your host, Tom Verbruggen. Welcome to episode 16 of the Drone Business Talk podcast. We're back with our series on the pioneers of the drone industry, and today's guest is Alexander, a senior instructor at the African Drone and Data Academy. Hi, Alexander. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Lynette. How are you? I'm doing really well as well. Um, you're based in Malawi, right? Yes, correct. That's it. How, how is the weather there? Yeah, it's, it's rainy season, but uh, at this moment, it's pretty sunny. Expecting right. the rains in its name later today. Yeah. Does it ever get cold in Malawi? Yeah, but not the snowing kind of cold. Not, but it gets cold, especially, especially in June, May, June, July, those months. Okay, right. Right here, it's, I think, minus six. So it's, oh, minus it's six. pretty cold. Yeah, so it's pretty <laughs> cold here. <laughs> um, Alexander, can you maybe introduce uh, yourself a little bit and then um, the African Drone and Data Academy and what it is that, that you do? All right. Uh, hi, everyone. So, as Leonard has said, my name is Alexander. I'm a senior instructor at the African Drone Data Academy, which started in like um, uh, its first cohort, started in January 2020. And um, yeah, I was part of that cohort as a student first, and then after immediately after finishing the cohort, I was hired as one of the instructors. And then, uh, as of late, I'm I'm a senior instructor. My work, my day to day, uh, it's okay varies. It's not a routine like all the time, but primarily based on uh, lecturing, giving out like lectures to students. That's on maybe all the drone uh, designing, aerodynamics, and all that. And uh, not only do we uh, train our students uh, theoretically, we also have lab sessions where they actually get to appreciate almost everything that we're actually teaching them. Like, for instance, <clears throat> not just like the propeller, instead of just teaching them about maybe like propellers, how propellers differ, we actually take them through labs like the whole propulsion system from the battery which kind of motor is actually when would you use use this kind of a motor when would you use this kind of a propeller and all that talk of radios communications uh, which radio is better for what and all those other uh, couple of num uh, uh, a good number of lab lab sessions actually yeah and then outside that we also train our students in actually how to pilot drones uh, and then at the end of the cohort they get a uh, licensed yeah. All right. Um, I saw on your website that you offer a, a couple of courses. Correct. Um, what is what is the most popular course that people follow? Um, I would say there's CDDT, uh, Certificate of Drone and Data Technology Level 1, which is immediately followed by Certificate of Drone and Data uh, Level 2. So for one to qualify for the Level 2, the prerequisite is to undergo the level one. So, yeah, I'd say they're almost equally um, equally popular. But then for the certificate of drone data technology level, for the level one and the level two, one needs to apply, go through the shortlisting process, or the interviews, ETC. Uh, but then we also have other new courses. Uh, 
which are self-paced and you just like self-enroll, like no need to undergo yes. applications and the like. So it's data visualization and cartography. Uh, in short, DVAC and uh, remotely piloted aircraft technology. And that's um, R part in short. So the R part is focused on drones, uh, designing your dynamics and the like. Whilst the other one, we're actually training our students in almost GIS, geographic information systems. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a very broad spectrum of, of different courses that go very much in detail. Um, do you see that there's a lot of um, international interest or is it mainly for the people and the citizens of Malawi um, to to enroll in these classes? Actually, it's it's we are well known now at least across Africa. Uh, we've covered at least more than 23 countries. Like we have sports students and graduates from all, uh, at least 23 African countries. Uh, yeah, so in Malawi, it's huge. And uh, also in the rest of African countries, it's huge. I think Malawi is strategically positioned um, in the drone technology. I'd say we are one of the leading countries since I think we, we the first drone corridor was here. Uh, we have it here in Malawi, in Kasungu. That's why we have the first. I think the other one, um, almost new, is in Sierra Leone. So, and there's lots of drone activities happening in the country, uh, especially in the uh, the use of deliver of um, medical supplies and then mm -hmm. top of the agriculture sector uh, mapping etc so it's really a growing industry in malawi and having such an institution actually uh, makes us well known so yeah our courses are, are well known as uh, not only in malawi but mm -hmm. across africa as well all right um why do you think that it is that, that Malawi is is on the forefront of the of the drone industry as a country? Um, I would probably give um, recognition first of all. I think to UNICEF. I think UNICEF has played a very huge role, at least here in Malawi. So, uh, so because even like the drone corridor, it was initially like funded by them. Um, and then, of course, with I think there existed a good relationship between UNICEF and I'd say the Department of Civil Aviation here in Malawi. I think that's what's actually like uh, putting us like on the forefront. Yeah, and again, just that uh, enthusiasm, uh, young people. It's a new industry altogether. Yeah, people, uh, young people are just tired of just sitting. They want to like do something great, uh, design something, especially when we actually using locally available resources, not just like importing everything. So it's one of those challenges. Yeah, yeah. Malawi has a lot of people that, a lot of innovators, if I may say. Do you see a lot of a lot of like, startups starting up around the whole drone business in Malawi, like producing, designing an R&D for, for the drones? Yeah, yeah, lots of startups are coming in. Um, yet to grow, I think, mostly because I think you may have observed that the drone industry is at least capital intense, like uh, a, a professional drone, a, a well-equipped drone, isn't very, very yeah easy to get. It's a, it's a bit costly for most. Yeah, so, yeah, but lots of companies out there, so some would like just end up maybe like hiring a drone, um, ETC. But yeah, lots yeah. of startups, yeah, especially after the most of the graduates from the ADDA. I also have a startup company on my own. Uh, there's some Quasieros, uh, there's... Uh, drone riders, there's Micromake. I think Micromake has been there. So, yeah, there's growth and people actually starting up their own companies. Yeah, I think 
Um, I think later this week I, I have an interview with Micromech. Yeah. Uh, as well. Um, how is the collaboration um, between um, you and, and UNICEF? How, how does that work, that collaboration? Is it as strictly an money or um, as a as a tro- African Drone Data Academy? Is it a financial um, collaboration or is it is it something more than that? Yeah, and it's not just financial. I'd say it's not just financial. So uh, the other the connection is the uh, UNICEF is the donor. That's the one that's giving us the money, and then the primary uh, contractor as of now is uh, Virginia Tech University. From the US and now mm-hmm. we have uh, Malawi University of Science and Technology who is like the local partner like the one that's actually uh, implementing the works on ground so a team of people from UNICEF a team of people from Virginia Tech and a team of people from Malawi University of Science and Technology together form up the African Drone and Data Academy and uh, of course for the day-to-day it's obviously the local partner which is must and then the chain goes on, but uh, it's not like UNICEF just like throws in the money and be like, no, do whatever. Yeah, but yeah, yeah there's some collaboration, uh, frequent collaboration. Okay, that that sounds that sounds like a like a, a pretty good collaboration. Um, mm-hmm. When when it comes down to to instructing people, what kind of mistakes do you see happen the most? Um, like for example, do people come in with false expectations? Um, or what what do you see something that happens a lot of the time um i would say that for starters most people maybe before we even start like instructing i think um because i don't know maybe because we are we started the drone so it's a drone and data so i think some people it sounds more engineering in nature but it actually accommodates people from different backgrounds so i think for starters i'd say that uh most people we yeah, yeah. Once they hear, once they hear the name, I think they must think, "Oh, I'm gonna be doing a, a, a whole lot of physics, a lot of solving, a whole lot of mathematics and stuff." So that's from the starting point. But um, that's there. But the way the course and the program has been designed, it can actually take someone from ground up. It's just very competitive to get in. But yeah. uh, once you get in, it's not like okay, you already know this, so like just no. But we take everybody from ground up. And I've seen some students actually that maybe have uh, like, they never knew how to do some troubleshooting, some electronics, or maybe some designing. But then by the end of the cohort, they have actually learned and then they are able to design maybe things like in SOLIDWORKS, but they never had some sort of exposure like that. Yeah, and um, what uh, in, in actual instructing, let me start with piloting, cause there's so many, we are very uh, safety conscious there's so many things that come into play, like before in terms of flying drones. So you find that we may have our own schedule, like, okay, maybe Thursday and Friday are the days that we'll be flying, or maybe this week. And then you just find out that uh, that's the week that maybe the winds are very strong, or maybe it's actually raining. And then that ends up like uh, disrupting the whole schedule and the like. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's one of the things. And... Sometimes, but not 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 a big one. Maybe just slightly language because our course is very intense. Like you, people learn a lot of things, and you need to master it in such a a, a whole lot. Of, uh, you need to master it in a short period of time. 
So sometimes if maybe, um, so I'll call it, of course, I delivered in English. So just sometimes if somebody is not very English fluent, I find that they may have challenges at some point in uh, point in time. Let's say like maybe like French speaking countries, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds pretty normal. Um, one one of the things that you said that's very interesting is that you you obviously take safety uh, in a very high regard when it comes to training pilots um, and and I'm gonna assume when it comes to everything. Um, how does it how does it work? Do you have a specific airspace that is linked to the drone data academy where you can do um, the training for the pilots, or um, is how how does it work? How do you how do you um, ensure the safety of everyone in the airspace? Uh, yeah, so we have a very dedicated uh, airspace at, um, at, the, at the University of Malaya, Malaya University of Science and Technology. So we have a dedicated space, and then we have done like all the proper um, uh, demarcations. I don't know if you saw, but we also approved by AUVSI. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, so because also training in top, trusted operator program, uh, so that's level two. So all that, our, all our safety measures, the, uh, not only does the DCA, uh, like Department of Civil Aviation approve, but also like the AUVSI. So we have all, we make sure that at least they are, we have proper demarcations because, yeah, just maybe like villagers or locals are just passing by. We make sure I've set up our cones uh, in the area. We are all wearing uh, effective jackets so that, yeah, we are easily noticeable and the like. Our heights, because of training, our our, um, our height isn't very uh, extraordinary. Maybe just twenty meters if it's if you've gone like very high up, and not much on the horizontal as well. Um, before every flight, we was making sure that we are the students or the pilot are actually filling out the pre-flight, uh, checking the drone, checking out the weather. Like before every flight, we don't take off until all that is done and in the presence of an PIC. Um, yeah, we always make sure those are checked. The batteries are, uh, we have all the lipo, ba- lipo bags and the like, making sure that everything is as it should be. Just in case of a fire, we have a bucket of sand there. Yeah, and, and all that. So we always have that all the time we're going to the field. And it's a designated space, so there isn't much going on from the uh, surrounding people or villages. All right. Yeah, that, that's very good. It's very important to to give that safety attitude uh, with with your students. Um, how do you imagine that I wanted to hypothetically follow one of the classes? How would I get it um, for for the people who are listening from Africa? How would you enroll into a class in the Drone Data Academy? Uh, I think I'll send you links. Uh, there are two courses. Like I said, the DIVAC one. That's one week course, uh, two rather. You, you have to do it in a maximum of two weeks. That's self-enrollment. You can actually like start doing it now. So uh, so those ones are open. No, Nobody checks self-paced. Just make sure you complete everything in two weeks. And then when you're done, you have your certificate generated. Um, the ones, so that's just, that, that just gives you a, a jump start. Another one is the, the level one. Uh, so we normally like open up applications here and there. Um, like right now, I think we just closed our applications like last week, Friday, and uh, it, it's scheduled to start on the 31st of January. So in a nutshell, you actually uh, apply first to level one, 
So there's, yeah, I'll share with you a link as well, and maybe I'll give you a heads up once our applications are open again. Yeah, and then, yeah, so you apply there, and upon being successful, you enroll and you graduate from the level one. That's when you can now apply for the level two. But, um, yeah. yeah, by the time you, but by the time you want to apply to level two, it's easier for us maybe to reach you in directly since you're already like in our database at that point in time. But maybe for somebody who's, uh, it's the first time hearing about it, it would actually, yeah, level one makes more sense. And that's the process. So you apply through a form, and then if you're shortlisted, you undergo interviews, and then you just start the course. It's a five-week right. course. Mm-hmm. Okay, five weeks. That's very five short. Weeks. It must be very intense. and Very intense. Right. Yeah, very. I will I will make sure that all the links um, are, are in the description of the podcast or in the, or in the comments on the social media page um, so that it's easy to find back. Um, are you looking into expanding your courses or are you going to uh, offer more courses in the future? Yeah, the one that's almost there, we like partially, so like right now, like I said, like if you now come in person for the level two, it's done like in... It's gonna be done. Okay, last year it was being it was being conducted in five weeks, but now we'll be conducting it in six weeks. Uh, but then that's that involves like everything. So like which motor is good, which which motor performs how, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then there are others people like they don't care about the motors. All they wanna know is they wanna fly and get a license. So uh, it's already there on our website, but I think we might probably start it this year. But we haven't started it yet, like offering um, a remote pilot license. So it's probably just going to run like for two weeks. We'll just come, learn how to pilot a drone, learn a few things about safety, learn a few things about weather, and all the regulations that are out there so that you just get a certificate. But um, uh, so, but because the one that we're kind of doing now, like I said, it's very, it's it's a bit intense, it's a bit in depth on the aerodynamics, the physics, and all the avionics and the data analysis as well, GIS. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting actually. Um, one of the things that I was wondering um, when you were talking about the, the safety cones and so setting up and doing the actual test flying, um, mm-hmm. what is the perception of the of the people in Malawi um, with drones? How do they? What is their opinion about it? Do they like them? Do they hate them? Do they don't really have an opinion? Uh, it differs, I think, depending on where like you're flying. But okay. uh, most people are excited about it. But in the cities, I'm sure it's common everywhere. Like it's a privacy issue for the most part. People always want to know why you're flying, where you're flying. Uh, but uh, for my startup company, which I normally like uh, do most of my projects like in remote areas, what I noticed is people are very welcoming to drones for as long as there's been proper sensitization. Yeah. Like, yeah, why you're flying and when you'll be flying. And all those ex- explanations, once they're given out in good time, their reception is quite very good, like quite very good. People always asking questions, or want, they always want to learn, talk about the children, always like they're inspiring and motivating them. Like it's really, it's really a great deal. It's a great deal, yeah. So yeah, only thing, the biggest thing I found out is just on the, safe, uh, on the privacy, which mm-hmm. is most, which is usually the case in cities. People are not very, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, how do you see the drone industry evolving over the next five years, for example? Where, where do you see the drone industry being in, in five years? Um, 
it's gonna grow like in a big way and i think one of our milestones not quite sure five years but eventually i think what i see and i learn from most young people is probably africa being uh one of the leading uh continents mostly in manufacturing i'm sure we'll find ways on how we can actually uh, maybe if, uh, yeah like um if something goes 40 you need the maintenance like all that drone ecosystem starting and ending in africa i think something like that is going to happen because i think because right now i think uh, for most drone operators in i would speak for malawi and maybe i'm sure it's most african countries if you have a drone and maybe something has gone wrong it's not quite easy to actually have parts replaced and uh, all this this and that uh, that's the number one and number two also i think so i think as of late and on the global on the, on the continental level i see most um either european or american companies drone companies as of now i think they're usually coming maybe carrying out all these projects maybe on medical supplies and the like i think in i think in a few years time african countries african company startup companies should be will be able to actually like man all those uh like all those projects yeah without maybe uh, foreign aid and the like i think so all right that's a that's a very interesting a very interesting thought actually because yeah you're obviously completely right um i i have a couple more questions um okay when yeah so you're obviously very passionate about drones um what do you do outside of work what do you do to have fun <laughs> i watch movies and right. yeah i like watching movies quite a lot and reading yeah and anything that makes me think big make me think wider yeah, yeah. all right yeah. um let me see where where would you where would you want yourself to be in the drone industry in a couple of years? What do you see yourself doing in in three or four years? Uh, so this vision that I told you about is actually mine. I want to be that guy that actually helps young people. Like let's manufacture drones from ground up. Maybe just order just maybe a few things and 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 the like. But let's man it up like on our own i would like to be the guy that actually can help young people through my startup and they like train young people uh give them a, a, a maybe like a boot camp of some sort make them undergo through undergo a program a highly intense program that in a year or two we can actually we can actually come up with uh not just one yeah but a drone that can actually compete on the international stage i think I I I like to be the guy. Yeah. yeah so that that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. And I, yeah, I want to make um I want to make this more sustainable. As you can see maybe like with coming in of covid uh, a lot of things changed, but uh, the, the drone industry was actually one of the leading industries that during this period in time. And if us maybe as Africans were not on top of the game, like we can't do so many things in the drone industry on our own, I think uh, you don't do us good. So I'd love to be that guy who is pioneering this uh, manufacturing of drones on an international uh, that can stand an international stage. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I think um, it's it's very weird to say, right? But 
with COVID was actually it was it was pretty good for for the drone yeah, industry. Yeah, 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 true. <laughs> uh, true. It was it was for our business also. It was also pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've I've interviewed um, a couple of South African or, or African operators now in in general, and yeah. I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that the, the African drone industry has a lot of potential. Um, mm-hmm. to, to grow really big, um, not only in the manufacturing, I think in, in operating drones as, as well. Yeah, 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 true. Um, I don't I don't have any any other questions. Um, is there anything that you want to talk about that you want to make some promotion for, Alexander? Um, my company, of course. So. <laughs> All right, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, yeah, so I think... Yeah, so we, we we offer the same kind of so we offer drone and data services, like training, training institutions and organizations and the like. So I think that's that's um, something I think people should be willing to know. I mean, I'm I'm just amazed that okay, like most of this training. By the way, I don't know if you saw it, but like the ADDA is the only institution that offers like top uh, trusted operator program like outside of the USA. So, okay, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. So we are the only institution that actually does that. So being certified as an instructor and the like, I think um, together with uh, a couple of my colleagues, uh, it really gives us a a good edge to actually be training some of these people. Because one of the things we've done most is training people, uh, giving people training that's tailored for their institution. So let's say if it's a you design irrigation schemes and then you want to incorporate drones in that. That's what we actually have been doing. Uh, if you want to, if you're a power line company, if you just want maybe roads inspections and the like, that's something that we've been doing because uh, my vision, okay, it's not only just for, like, for us to like make money and the like, but I like training people because I think the drone, um, the drone industry is one of those that can actually help you, uh, help you have, let me say, a side hustle. Because if you have a drone, you're not bound. You can have another job altogether. And then maybe on the weekend, you go fly, do some roof inspections and the like, irrespective of your age. So that's that's something. Yeah, that's something that I'm very, I, I like doing, actually. Apart from normal operations, maybe I get a gig about mapping and the like. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And um. Another thing I would say that I'm proud of, still proud of it. Uh, I don't know if you checked, but we, uh, I got a feature on DJI website where we're working with uh, Malawi Liverpool Camp Trust, where we're actually using drones to map out mosquito breeding sites. Yeah, here in Malawi. It's yeah, very impressive. So, yeah, it, it actually, yeah, it's it's not the, at that point a drone. Nobody calls the drone a toy anymore. It's actually. Uh, something a solution uh, addressing you people's problems um so yeah that's yeah all that work to give me joy i look forward to the next day all the time <laughs> absolutely i i understand um it's a it's probably the the most interesting industry you, you can work in right now mm-hmm. um alexander thank you so much for the interview um i will link um the African Drone and Data Academy in the comments, uh, as well as your company. Um, okay. So um, if anyone has any questions, um, they can reach out to you, if that's okay. Yeah, um, very much. Okay. And thank you so much, man. I, it, was a, it was a wonderful interview. 
um, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. Uh, he's still there. Um, okay, off, off, off the record, off the record. 